0: Hi there, I'm Emily Dean and welcome to the Best of Walking the Dog. It's a compilation of all my favourite bits and more importantly, all my favourite dogs and owners from the podcasts we've done this year. I know sometimes people come out with these best ofs and you think, right, so basically you couldn't be bothered to record a new one. And I would say to you, yes, there is that. But quite genuinely, I did think it might be nice to remind ourselves of what makes Gary Lineker cry The incident that propelled Sarah Millican to get into comedy. That thing Jim Carrey said to Jimmy Carr. And most crucially, how Matt Lucas managed to somehow lose an entire Labrador's poo. I really hope you've enjoyed this year. I've loved it. And I've been overwhelmed, by the way, with all your comments and feedback about walking the dog. It really makes it worth doing. So thank you, my adorable dog-loving listeners. I think that's it. I'm off to find some new friends and dogs to chat to in the coming year. In the meantime, enjoy it. And remember this life tip. Find someone who looks at you the way your dog looks at one of your dirty old socks. Um. Right, come on, Marnie. We're leaving now. Oh, what a lovely day for it, Jimmy. Is that that your car? Yeah. Okay, and you're doing regional sales? (laughs) (laughs) Jimmy's being rude about my Benz.
1: Very nice. You're
0: rude about my Mercedes. no, because no, I thought I, I, like, bit... I know. you like. I know you I thought
1: I would no, tease you, know,
0: you. You know what? It, it does look a bit like I own a really successful chain of dry cleaners yes. in the North London area. Yes, indeed. Well, I just <laughs> <laughs> I just watched
1: this show. Is it Ozarks or Ozarks? on Netflix okay. about money laundering and suddenly <laughs> suddenly so many businesses now make sen- sense to me. You know when you see a nail salon on and like no one's in there and you go, I've never seen anyone in there and you go, oh <laughs> that's a money laundering place. Welcome to North London.
0: I love your phone naivety. Why are, you, why are you about money laundering. So we should say this. <laughs> My phone is... <faux> naivety
1: <laughs> about money laundering. Hey listen, there was a bit of tax avoidance. <laughs> it's nothing too bad. It's all paid back. This um, is Jimmy
0: Carr, by the way. Oh,
1: hello, I'm Jimmy Carr, this and is Jimmy I'm walking Carr, my dog. I've and got I'm two Emily dogs, Dean. Two dogs that are English Toy Terriers, who are a, I don't want to say a nightmare, but they've, they've both got sort of health issues, so they don't, they don't really come out a lot, which is just as well. I mean, they're only 12 inches tall. They're like a Doberman pincher far away, is what my, my other dogs are like. They are, they're like a sawn-off Doberman Pincher. <laughs> that's how I see them. So they're crazy, like Taxi, the little one, who I call Taxi so I could take to the park and
0: shout, Taxi! Well, I thought that might have been why you named her It's taxi. a good, it's yeah, a good it's name, great. right?
1: And uh, Taxi and Mackey, uh, adorable, I love them, but they can't be around other people because Taxi's a little bit, I, I don't think he got quite enough uh, oxygen very early on, and as a result of that, he is proper crazy. But that's okay. I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind getting nipped every now and then. Uh, nice. But then we rescued Marnie from, you know these people, Blue Cross?
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, very good. I've got a photo shoot with her for Blue Cross this week, with Rankin, who I really like. Oh, so, wow. we rescued her from, from uh, Blue Cross although the uh, rescue dogs don't get a rescue dog. Why? Were, uh, my, uh, my nana got one, and then she had a fall, and it just sat there and did nothing. <laughs> They're a disgrace. They're not the fourth emergency service
2: that and I look, thought they the might be. The
0: producer's actually laughing, that's good, Jimmy. This oh. is Walking the Dog, I'm Emily Dean, and we're with Jonathan Ross, and we're also with Snowball.
2: Well, Hold on, give him his full name.
0: What's oh, his full name?
2: Professor Snowball.
0: Is he a professor? Yes, he's a professor. Jonathan, I'm really sorry, I didn't know that.
2: Well, oh, you know, it's very ty- typical of you, typical white privilege.
0: <laughs> Your dogs always tend to have a sub-prefix, don't they? No, not all of them, many of okay. them do.
2: I mean there was uh see Yoda who we had for many years who sadly died last year. He was put down, he was very old, and he was the last few weeks of his life he got quite ill. It was quite it was very sad, but in a way it was kind of a you know a very interesting experience, a yeah. useful experience of course he was he was just you know ready to die but he uh, he was often referred to as as you know as <laughs> professor podomowski um i invented a story for the children when he was young that we bumped into him while he was touring lecturing on dog behavior <laughs> yeah. and he he took to us and needed a place to stay and so but it wasn't really his full name and we always no. knew it was a kind of it's like the kind of doctorate that gets given to someone like you know uh
0: paul mckenna or or phil (laughs)
2: collins you know it's like you know it shouldn't they should really have the self-respect not to accept it
0: we should describe snowball snowball is he's a very handsome he's a
2: beautiful french bulldog yeah he's uh probably six years old now six six and a half years old yeah he has had a, a sort of like a difficult life because he was actually bought for me by jane on my 50th birthday. Yeah. So it's very easy to remember his age because I'm 56 going on 57. Now, you look great. And I look amazing, <laughs> but not as amazing as he does. And he has been through far more than me, remarkably. He had a number
0: of ops, didn't he? Yeah, well,
2: I didn't realise that French Bulldog, a lot of breed dogs, but this kind of breed in particular, are prone to a lot of genetic disorders anyway. Uh, fairly early on, he had, uh, we detected a heart murmur, so he was on pills for that. Then he got very ill, and one time I was meant to be going out, oddly, I was meant to be going out. <laughs> to dinner with David Williams <laughs> as a celebration of Barbara Windsor. And I'd promised to go, more because I love Barbara Windsor and, and I you know, wanted to show my respect to her, and my friendship to her. But I am actually, I mean, I'm not a recluse, but certainly I'm not keen on socializing. And so- um,
0: I know, how did I pass the mm, test? Well, oh,
2: just luck. But um, I decided I would make the effort, but I was, I'm always worried, because people know I don't like doing those things, when you cancel, you suspect their eyes are rolling back and they're thinking, obviously it's canceling. But as I was about to leave, I was feeding all the dogs and rounding them up. I couldn't find Snowball anywhere. And I searched for him and we haven't got a huge back garden. I mean, it's big, but it's not enormous. I searched for for about an hour in the back garden, couldn't find him, began to panic. And in the end, I found that he'd crawled into a tiny little space away from everyone to be on his own. And that's always a sign that a dog is not well.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, normally they go away from the pack when they're about to die. So, yeah. So I cancelled the Walliams (laughs) Windsor evening and uh, rushed him to and it was after vet hours and we took him to a sort of local animal hospital. And then they diagnosed him with, ba- the heart was still bad. He also had an ear infection that had got worse, which we treated for him in the past. They also said his spleen needed work. It was loads of stuff. So in the end, he had a heart operation and they fixed the heart completely. But yeah. Sometimes these dogs are born with one, only one aorta going into the heart instead of two. It's really crazy, messed yeah. up. So poor little fella, he had heart operation, ear operation, then another ear operation, nose operation, soft palate operation, spleen removed, something was wrong with his leg. And he went through all this in about a year and a half. And of course he was one of the dogs in the house that's not covered by pet insurance. <laughs> ah,
0: okay. So essentially I could be so walking
2: that... an Italian car now.
0: Sorry, John, should we go up here? Hold on, where are we? So where are we now? I don't know, we're lost. But your life's nice right now, isn't it? Because the uh, kids yeah, are- Yeah, no,
2: com- my life has always been nice. Yeah. Even when I've had stress and concern, I've always- Yeah. Look, I am someone who tends to focus, even in the midst of adversity, yeah. on the positive. I mean, the other day, this is going to sound silly to you perhaps, but the other day I remember feeling really happy. Oh look a squirrel.
0: Oh yeah. Hey boy. Hello.
2: And he's got a nut. It's like a squirrel posing
0: for a he's picture so already. He's I know, Instagram squirrel.
2: Hey squirrel. It, I remember getting two things made me feel very happy last week. Yeah. One was my hands. I was holding Your several hands. things in my hands and I remember thinking man these are well designed (laughs) this weird so lucky to have these things look at this and i was experimenting with my hands now i'm 56 still my hands surprise and delight me every day yeah so i'm happy so that made me really happy that gave me a good spring in my step for the first half of the day yeah easily and every now and then i'd look down they're still there still working (laughs) but you know we take that sort of shit for granted they're they're magnificent
0: your hands are a magnificent creation
2: evolutionary speaking
0: (laughs) i mean imagine if you didn't
2: have an opposable thumb (laughs) it would be a nightmare so that's number you, one. And, um, the other thing yeah, was more plumbing more I was going to the toilet which I do more often these days than the issue I remember thinking oh can you imagine a fact of walking like half a mile out of the village and dump yeah. into a stream and then come and there's no paper I mean I was playing tennis with David Baddiel once and I desperately needed to go and I went behind a bush and I don't know if you've wiped your backside <laughs> on leaves recently but they, no, they lack haven't. absorbency
0: you did go to the bathroom in the woods didn't you it was well it was behind a bush yeah and I tell you that. But they were the, your own woods. Well, it sounds that, like you've got your own woods. That was a, you that know was what a big
2: pile I left there. About a week later, I had to blame. I said, oh, maybe we've got a family of foxes living down there because it was still present.
0: I'm here with Sarah Milliken. So talk me through the commander. Do you call him the commander? Do you we call, call, him call him Tuvok. Tuvok.
3: So he, he's a rescue. Yeah. And he was already called Tuvok. And you can't, yeah, you can't change your dog's name, apparently. You can change a cat's name, because we've got a rescue cat, and they, she'd been abandoned at the vets for a few months, and they didn't know her name, so they called her Tinkerbell. And we already had a cat chief, Brody, named after the character in Jaws. So we thought, we can't have bloody Tinkerbell. Sounds so nabby pamby when you've got a police chief who's closed beaches and stuff. So we wanted a, a, a kind of military, or at least with a... With a um, he's having a lovely way on that post. We wanted at least something that had a rank, so we we called her lieutenant ripley and cats don't come to their their name anyway so it doesn't make any difference but with a dog yeah. we had to keep his name but we were really pleased because we've already got two kind of filmic names to have yeah. to have it we got an email saying we think we've got a dog for you we think that you might like and, and where and did you
0: get to what from from the it? dogs trust oh in yeah Manchester.
3: yeah because we just we well we wanted a rescue for sure should we head over that way? Shall we? Yeah. Don't really know where I'm going. Um, we wanted um, a rescue, and because my husband is allergic. We wanted a hypoallergenic, so we gave them a few breeds. We didn't want a big dog, we wanted an older dog rather than a puppy. Not way. Oh no, I don't think that was the wee. I think he's just showing his winky to things oh. now. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> he runs out of wee and he just starts going, and here's my penis. And Sorry, I'm just penis. not used to that kind of behaviour. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, seem you know, fine with it. <laughs> welcome to the north. Uh, <laughs> welcome to comedy. Oh <laughs> well yes yeah, true. So, so um so they sent us an email with a photograph of what looked like a, like a medium-sized dog and said, we think he might be good for you, he's called Tubok, And I woke Gary up and said, because i have got it act early, and I woke him up and I was like... Isn't Tuvok from Star Trek? And Gary's a big Star Trek fan. And I yeah. think that earned me a few brownie points with Gary anyway. I should say, this is your
0: partner. Um, <laughs> yes, my husband. husband. Like, proper and everything. I'm going yeah. with your partner, David Furnish. <laughs> your husband <is laughs> Gary Delaney. Yes. He's a very successful comic and very brilliant comic.
3: Indeed. And uh, Tuvok's dad. Yeah. And uh, so we went to see him. And we hadn't realised how tiny he would be when, when we saw it, when we met him. Because I forgot that the lady <laughs> that was holding him in the photograph. Come on, this way. Was... Um, was quite short herself and he and they put he had a winter's coat on so he had like this proper like sort of like a bouncer's jacket on uh, so when he when he came out he was like this tiny little runty thing and we were like well i mean yes he's adorable but where is the other dog right we're nearly ready so we've got ray i've got the poo bags
4: i've got the treats
0: You've got the treats. Yeah. What about Larry Lamb? What's he got?
5: He's got a little bit of life in him and if we get going soon he might not fall asleep on the way. Okay, are
0: you gonna take, Ray, gonna take George? Ray,
4: George? What's he called? Ray. Raymond. Raymond, yes, oh, Raymond. Come I on, wanted
0: Ray. like um an old man's name. Yeah
4: glad you wore your box fresh trainers for the walker in, in the heath.
0: <laughs> I don't have any other thoughts George,
5: obviously. Why don't we swap sides and that can get my good ear to you. Oh
0: yeah, okay good. So shall I go in the middle? Yeah, of you the go, go in the middle.
5: middle. Lamb sandwich.
0: I don't the proverbial like.
5: lamb the sandwich. sandwich. We know the way, this is home turf. Who is it? I, I should... walk this every weekend twice. Do you, Larry? Yeah. I should
0: introduce this. I should say you this should. is walking the dog. I'm Emily Dean. I'm here with...
5: Larry Lamb. Actor
0: renaissance man and i'm gonna go national treasure like national
5: that. treasure well there you go that's a bit of a that's a bit of a sort of a take it
4: mate just take it take it, it. <laughs> take oh, dear it. Oh, dear be dear. happy of it oh, you haven't
5: Will. heard
0: yours yet
4: uh, no i like no. that i like the renaissance man that's
5: good i think he yeah,
0: is so he is. do i and then we've got george lamb your yeah. son
5: yeah it's son of
0: yeah
4: lamb the younger exactly. fabulous
0: <laughs> presenter broadcaster dj Best oh, dressed oh, man oh, oh. in Britain. Sweet. Sweet. Once,
4: once I tell you, it's a struggle to try and hit those heights again.
0: Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call George the People's George Clooney.
4: I take it. Do you I'll like take that? Yeah, absolutely. That.
0: Happy with that, Larry?
5: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought the other George Clooney was the People's George Clooney. <laughs> he no, certainly he's certainly got, got most lost.
4: of them after him, aren't they? <laughs> the the um the I did a I did the Baftas once. I was I was doing the red carpet and yeah. there's these guys called heckler spray oh yeah and, uh, and they used to do so they do like a commentary over the top of actually what was going on and they were I was the people's Robert Patterson that was, <laughs> that was it yeah. but I'm happy to have more you know to grow into <laughs> yeah. the people's uh,
5: George Clooney that's great I
0: love that so we're here with my dog Raymond because the lambs are dogless I should yeah. say and is there a reason for that
5: yeah I would never allow him a dog
0: why not Larry I <laughs> <People laughs> don't
5: like them
6: Come
0: on, oh. man. Larry! <laughs> no. We haven't got Lee Mack's dog today because you don't have a dog. No,
6: I don't have a dog. Does everyone else on this show have a dog?
0: I mean, it helps, but. Sometimes. Am I the first without a dog? I think Larry Lamb and George Lamb didn't have a dog. Well, they're probably because the dog would keep chasing after them, surely.
7: <laughs> well, they're the so lamb joke, handsome. yeah. You get
0: it? Oh, like, oh, I thought it was because they were handsome. <laughs> no,
6: no, no, because they're
0: called no, lamb. No, I get it, I get it. I Is like it going to be like this
6: the whole way? I'm going to have to explain it all. <laughs> Oh my well, god. Oh my god, yes, let's move away.
0: Oh my god.
6: <laughs> yeah, they do attack at this time of year.
0: Oh that, my we've god. We've just come
6: across loads of deer. Can we
0: just explain what happened? Yeah, they're, they're camouflaged. Lee, this is extraordinary. The producer just pointed. Basically, we're walking along, and how many deer would you say there are, Lee?
6: I would say at least 40 or 50 though. There. There's
0: about 50 deer. Everything's okay. Are they are they okay, these guys? I mean.
6: Yeah, they're lying down. They haven't just. They're not sinking, if that's what you're worried about.
0: No, I'm more. I'm, it's
6: not I'm, muddy. No, but what they do is they. they they suddenly jump out, at you know. This, like we don't have another Benton situation. You've seen that video.
0: <laughs> yes. Okay. Let's. That was extraordinary. I wasn't expecting. You seem very calm about it, Lee. Well, they call me the deer man. So. Um, That's just me, Fee. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Snoop.
6: Come on, boy. Come on. It's raining there.
0: Okay, you've got the umbrella.
6: Got
8: the umbrella. Yeah. Snoop's got his own umbrella.
0: And why did you buy Snoop then? to buy him. I never
8: <laughs> thought a bit like that, like it's like an item of clothing. Why did you buy that dog? Um, well, I didn't thought it was a purchase, but I suppose it did cost a few quid way back. Um, we just wanted a dog at the time, and um, like dogs, yeah. And why Snoop? I don't know. We kind of fancied a little lab, and went down to the south coast and found him and. And we took him back when he was eight, eight weeks old, and he went, um... We,
0: Where's he going? Well,
8: he took him, and he, he was carsick all the way back.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, it was did terrible.
8: You, he's in a right state.
0: Did you have uh, um, buyer's remorse? <laughs> a little
8: bit. We <laughs> thought, oh, we've picked that one. Um, he was carsick for a few... Then he gradually grew out of that, although he's still a little bit wobbly in a car. He doesn't like the travelling too much.
0: If you look at you and someone like Paul Gascoigne, you were probably as famous each, as each other at that time, weren't you? You were sort of two of England's biggest stars. And it interests me that your ability to handle fame and that level of attention, why is that? Why are you kind of okay and why did you well, not...
8: We're different. we're all different people. I think yeah. one of, one of the, the other massive difference between the two of us, he's, he's got far more natural talent than I had. He's an unbelievably gifted, brilliant, wonderful footballer. I was kind of more my thought thought driven i kind of worked out the process yes i had, my, i was incredibly quick but i didn't have a great touch i couldn't you know i couldn't dribble past you now um not knowing <laughs> talk to you your defensive abilities uh, emily but um i but i couldn't i was not my game i could knock it and run past someone occasionally that was the be- but 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 i kind of worked out how to do things and i, I kind of manipulated things and i my movement i knew about movement um, so we were different animals in all sorts of aspects, both on and off the pitch. You Which know, way are we now going? Well, we can go. We can go this way yeah. under the trees. Less rain.
0: So you were saying you and Paul were kind of diff- you and Paul Gascoigne were just different.
8: We're different creatures. Yeah, I mean we got on really well, um, yeah, but and football was his entire life really in many ways. I mean he liked a bit of fun and stuff, but um, but he had you could see it back then. You know he had issues. He had. You know, vulnerabilities He had a, you know, addictive personality So, you know, I just, it's, it's, been, it's been tough for him But you, you go in different ways, don't you? I was given a, a mental resilience
0: When um, you say you were given it, by who? Well, I don't
8: know, I was born with it
0: You're one of the most famous people in the country yeah. But you also seem to handle it in a unique way And I'm interested as to why and how that is And yeah. is that to do with your parents? Is that to do well, with Well, they you? say
8: most things have come from the parents, don't you? In genetics, Etc. Both my parents were. I mean, my dad could be a bit fiery, and my brother's entirely the opposite to me. But so, so who knows really? Well, how much the influence um, comes down. My grandparents a big influence. I mean, my grandfather, I should say. Um, and then I don't know if if we all understood why and how and yeah, you know, psychiatrists would
0: never have a job. Well, yeah, but. <laughs> Would you, do you go to... Have you ever been to a psychiatrist? Oh, I may have been. <laughs>
8: <laughs> Wait, this way, let's get away from the road. Come on. We'll go back down here for a minute. Yeah.
0: So that means yes. Well, I,
8: you've got to try everything, haven't you?
0: And how did you find it? I find it all right.
8: Actually, I quite like... Yeah, I don't... Yeah, it's quite nice to talk to someone. And. Because um, I, sure.
0: I go, and I really like yeah. it. Yeah. I have a therapist. Yeah,
8: I'd recommend it to anyone, really. Would you? you? you know, yeah, because we all have... You know, whoever we are, we have ups and downs in life, don't we? And if you, you know, if you, if it's open to you, yeah, and you get the right person, then I think it's um,
0: like I think it's brilliant well, that you said that. that. But I think it's amazing we're always, that you said we that. we always
8: have to toughen up, don't we? Yeah, you know, we're seen to be, oh, well, you know, can't show weakness. But I think we're all, we all have our concerns and our worries and our fears
0: and. What are, you, what are your concerns? What keeps you up um, at night? I'm. It's
8: not so much fears with me. It's, I'm not very. You know, I don't like confrontation, which
0: really?
9: and
8: stuff. Only with people that count. Not, yeah. I'm not talking about social media here because
9: no, <laughs> or a, Alan Shearer having an you. That's a, a different you, bag. No,
8: well, we don't well, <laughs> arguing about a football thing. But yeah. no, I don't. I suppose I don't like letting people down. Um, stuff like that. Really, that's probably my my one kind of area where I find it difficult. Do you cry? Oh yeah, I can cry. I can cry. I'm nearly crying now, I'm talking about (laughs) it. No, um. Yeah. When did you last cry? I'm a softy. Um. Oh, I cried on the plane terribly. What movie was it? (laughs) When I came. I just came back from New York. What did I watch? Um. Terribly. Oh, that lion. Have
0: you seen that? No, is it sad? Oh. Well, it's not so much. It's not
8: actually that sad in a way. Some of it is, but it's very, yeah, very kind of emotive, I found. That's good. Highly recommended. Here
10: we go.
0: Okay, so this is so exciting. Thank you so much for hey, being on this. Thanks. I should say, by the way, for this is nice Walking the Dog. You. Yeah. And I'm with Adam Buxton. Hello. Who is, I would describe you as writer, comedian, actor, <laughs> and king of the podcast.
10: Yeah, that's exactly how I describe myself.
0: Really?
7: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Do you think that's a fair description?
10: Well, I think that's flattering, but. But yes, it's what I would. Those are all the things I have done and would like to do more of.
0: So we're at your ha- your home, which is let's just let's keep it vague. Well, it's I tell you so where it's not is. a kidnapper's it's, guide. No, but, it, um, it's
10: near a village called Wyndham.
0: Okay. And we're here with Rosie, who is adorable. And to so people who listen to your podcast, they'll be familiar with her because she's on. She start. She's on the podcast with you. You have your little ramble, don't you, at the beginning with her? Mm-hmm. Well, she's about. Four years old, three and a half,
10: something like that.
0: Don't take this the wrong way, but she looks older.
10: Oh yeah. Well, she's wise. Okay. Uh, plus she's shaggy. I don't know. I don't know yeah. anything about dogs really. Um. Well, I- I'm offended. <laughs> you said my dog looks old. Wow. Are you genuinely a very p- offended? No, I'm not genuinely offended.
0: <laughs> that is quite rude of me, isn't it? I don't. I mean, is it rude? Yeah, I mean, you did
10: say, don't take this the wrong way. You must have known it was a pretty rude thing to say about a person's dog. Your dog looks very old. What are you doing?
0: You're working your dog too hard. You're cruel. (laughs) But is that rude? I mean, that's an interesting point. Is it rude to tell someone their dog looks old? Yes. I mean, if you said to me you look old, I'd be pretty upset. But a dog looking old, that's okay, isn't it? I'm with Matt Lucas. I'm Emily Dean. I'm with his two dogs. It's (coughs) Hog.
11: That's Hob there.
0: <laughs> and Milo.
11: And Milo, yeah. And
0: Hob is a...
11: He's a Labrador with some German Shepherd in him and he's eight and a half and he barks non-stop. Yeah. And Milo is ten and a half and he's a chocolate Labrador.
0: But we're in a, a lovely area of um, London. London. So have you always had dogs, Matt, when no. you were growing up?
11: No, never had dogs. And my late partner really wanted a dog. So... Milo was the dog we got together, and Hob was the dog he got Aww. shortly before he died, and so I took him in.
0: So, oh, how lovely, Matt!
11: Yeah, so these are my, these are my dogs. Yeah, so I never really planned on having dogs.
0: Really? Were you a doggy person no. when you were growing up? Were you not?
11: I was terrified. And in fact, my memories of being, you know, a child or going on a, you know, a play day to someone's house when I was sort of four, five, six years old, and
7: yeah.
11: in somewhere in Stanmore, you know, with those uh, corrugated glass you know windows on the front door and you'd ring the bell and you'd hear a dog barking and you'd see <laughs> the paws of a giant dog up against the the glass and then I would just be sort of freaked out and terrified really? and there would always be whoever's mum holding the dog back yeah. and having to shut the dog in a room because I was too afraid of dogs
0: Did which you I mean when you're small dogs many. are
11: enormous yeah. no I'm not allergic to dogs I am actually allergic to cats Oh, Which are is a you? shame because cats are brilliant. I love cats.
0: I'm here with John Bradley from Game of Thrones, who you might know better as Samuel Tarley in Game yeah. of Thrones. Hello. Hi, John. And it's like we're in a chat show, but it's, in a, it's a massive park. It's we're a massive yeah. We're in Waterloo Park in Highgate.
12: Yeah, it's gone al fresco. It's beautiful here. Normally, I, I've heard a couple of these, and normally you go to the places where people live and, and interview them with their dogs. Yeah. I don't live here. Yeah. And I've not got a dog. <laughs> So, so.
0: Why are you doing this? Show? Pa- pa- pardon
12: me, breaking from the form so dramatically. But yeah, this is uh, this is your manner, isn't it? this? Is Highgate? This is your neck of the woods.
0: Yeah, and you're from Manchester. I'm telling you where you're from. Yeah. But you're from Manchester. But I thought it'd be really good because I know you've had a few bad run-ins with dogs, and I thought you could meet my dog Ray, who's a Shih Tzu. Yeah. And we could take him out because I want you to overcome your fear.
12: Yeah, I must say he's a sweetheart. And I would say that I, I'm not sure that meeting the nicest dog in the world is going to make me get over my problem because the next one I meet isn't going to be the nicest dog in the world.
0: <laughs> Some people say that when you become famous, yeah, it's not you that changes, it's the people around you. Do you think anyone is different with you?
12: It's weird, it's weird that. Because I, I think that, that that works for people who are slightly more casual acquaintances.
13: Okay, yeah.
12: Casual acquaintances will text you for the first time in years and say, how are you doing? Would you like a drink? I watch your show and I really like it. Right. With my closest friends, or my closest friends from kind of pre-Game of Thrones, I genuinely think, this may be unfair, but I genuinely think that they're trying so hard not to change. Yeah. That it's actually becoming really quite stubborn and dark. What do you mean? Because, well, this is the thing that I have people from high school that I've not spoken to getting in touch and saying, I really like the show, congratulations, you know, blah, blah, blah. Three of my best, best friends from childhood and uni, I've never seen an episode of it. And I've pretended for years that it's fine. But I just, I am a little bit hurt by it. They, I, I think that they don't want to watch it because then they'll like it and then they think that that'll make them one of those people
0: as in a kind I, of I, false I, new friend. yeah as
12: in people who turn up and just want to talk about that and, and they come up it's the excuses i mean they come up with excuses like i was enjoying it and then you came on and ruined it is that what they say to you And I, I, I go what do you mean well they say well they don't don't take offense i went mean, well you know uh, if i do take offense it'll be on my terms and then they go, they go, no, no, you ruin it because I'm really I've really bought into it. And then you come on and you take me out of it. Right. But like you destroy it and I think, oh come off it. I, I don't believe it. It sounds like an actor making up excuses for why he's not learnt his lines.
0: But do you think but, uh, actually, John, thinking about that, I, I can sort of see from the outside that that is perhaps, yeah. that is them just, as you say, trying to almost oddly reassure you that we're not interested in that. We don't care that you're an actor. We don't buy into that. And I appreciate that yeah. it might. it's a very convoluted way of essentially saying we like the real you.
12: Yeah, and no, I guess so. I've always been so cool about it and I've always said, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't. I think it shows a lack of faith in me mm. that, I, that they think I'll change if suddenly they start to say they like what I do. Trust me to know the difference between you and Johnny-come-latelys.
0: I'm Emily Dean, and I'm with Russell Howard, and we're with his lovely dog. Can you introduce your dog, Russell? Uh,
14: my dog is called uh, Archie, Yeah. or Arch, or Archibald, or the, uh, the People's Prince, <laughs> or the Mutt of Ishra, <laughs> or uh, Sweet Sweet Arch. He has many names.
0: And what is he?
14: He's a Jack Russell. Yeah. Yeah, a, a, a Parson...
0: I think oh really okay yeah
14: yeah but he had uh, Palma virus when he was young so right. that's why his kind of paws are a bit sort of bigger and his tongue is a bit bigger so he should be bigger than he is so that oh, gives really? it, that's why he walks a bit like Liam Gallagher
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to work out yeah. where I recognize that yeah. swagger yeah,
14: exactly yeah <laughs> so he's bringing it back
0: I l- he could go on stars in their eyes <laughs> so how long and how old is Archie
14: he is uh, seven and a half. He's 57. Right. If he were a man, he'd be 57. But he'd be right. a fairly weird 57-year-old man in that he's got a lead on. And, <laughs> and he's taken to eating frogs. Like, one of my favourite things in the world, I really like... It's just reminded me of seeing those two old girls there. I really like seeing a really old, wrinkly woman in a sports car I love it I don't know why
0: (laughs) really why no that's really interesting why is that
14: because in my primitive way I think she's fing earned that like like nobody's given that to her because she's a dolly girl do you know what I mean like she must be absolutely sensational you know
0: I think that is the best thing I've ever heard you're so right because okay when you see a
14: young beautiful woman in a really hot car you think well yeah I mean she's you know, and but it's horrible because right.
0: she she may own the car, it may be hers. I make the assumption that in some way your beauty has bought that car. Yeah, exactly. But no, you know what I think? I said to someone recently, it might have been Frank on the show, and he said something and they were talking, and that is to do with getting older, I'm in my 40s now, really? and he said something, yeah, and I said... He said something about being attracted, and I said, but that's not my currency anymore. <laughs> it really isn't. It's like, to me, he may as well be talking about drachma. I don't deal in that anymore. Do you know what I mean? It's all changed. I'm in euros now. I can do what I want. Wait. So we're heading out of the door. We're going on a walk with Colin the pug and Russell Kane, his See, this father. Is, this
15: is where the first thing where you go wrong with dogs, you exit first, you're the pack leader.
0: Ross, we should say we're in your brand new home.
15: I, I've been here 24 hours. So the... We completed on the house about a week ago, and we've had just some bookshelves and stuff put in. So Lindsay moved up on Saturday. What's Monday, today? Yeah. Right. So that was two days ago, and I was gigging, obviously working on Saturday mm. as you do the day you're moving. And did infam- you go
0: through a filling your boots?
15: Yes. Period. Only and I. How
0: did you? How did you find that? I
15: never really got boot sized because I was only single for about <laughs> ten months. So it was It was definitely an ankle trainer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and how did you find that? So, I it, mean, obviously it was very nice. Disa- I dis- dis-
15: disappointingly eat easy so what happened was what oh, do you
0: mean disappointingly easy
15: uh, so m- my mum has just has got sick over the years i make a joke that she's got um, a photo frame on her shelf and it's so thick at the back because i've got my arm around yet another girl who's definitely the one so i'm serial monogamist unlike like, i'm like probably more of your female friends than your male friends as a rule when you're in your 20s lads go on lads holidays and bang themselves centres and get out of the system i never did that whoever i slept with, I would fall in love with no matter how inappropriate or ill-matched we were. I think the longest I was ever single was about a month. So it's obviously got some issues there, not to do with sex, but to do with emotional commitment because I would just be like, I love you, after a week. And they weren't short relationships either. They were always at least two, three years.
0: What's that a sort of wanting to be needed thing?
15: I don't. I, I, I honestly don't know because I'm very, very independent. But if you think most stand ups want to be needed on some level, they yeah. must be. I think I just, I don't know, I just, I like, the, I just like having a girlfriend. But what's was happening was where I'd never been single, and then I started to get appear on TV and on stage, I had female, inch. Most, for most guys who aren't like man whores, it's not really a problem. Girls, as a rule, don't come up and throw themselves at you in everyday life. It just doesn't happen to most To most. Blokes.
0: when you're on telly, that changes.
15: It changed. So for the first time in my life, I had female attention. And because I'd never been single, I'm sure girls have the same level of curiosity. I could. That was all getting mixed up in my head. So when I split up with Charlotte, my mum was like, you have to have a year on your own this time, or you're yeah. just going to f*** up another girl's life by getting into something you're not ready for.
0: I'm Emily Dean and I'm with the very lovely Catherine Ryan. I'm going to talk to you, because people obviously can't see these fabulous dogs, but you've got (laughs) three. There's
7: a little black and white one. Let's start with him. That's a little girl and her name is Megan. Megan. She's the newest one and she's a 10-month-old teacup Shih Tzu. She is absolutely tiny. I love her and she's so sweet. She's like a little, like a lion, like a bear crossed with a kitten. You know, That's a good thing to be. People think she's a cat, and there's another fabulous dog in what looks like a Chanel mm. coat of some sort, and a pink lead. He's a boy. Oh boy! This is, this is your local nice park? park. Yeah. Have you ever been
0: here? No, do you know I haven't? And I'm a local because we're we're mm. in the same manner, Has to be said. Girls yes. in the hood.
7: That's Manny. He's a teacup uh, Yorkie. I got him in Wolverhampton. And then you have a third one. This is a Pomeranian, right? No. Everybody thinks Dolly's a Pomeranian. She's actually a very rare Tibetan Spaniel.
0: Oh wow! She's a
7: Buddhist. She's from Tibet. She's uh, via Lincolnshire. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you seem like a homemaker.
7: Yeah. Well, for sure, I don't. I don't want to go out ever. Uh, it's my living nightmare to go on a date or to go out in Soho on a Saturday night. Um, Dates so are
0: horrible anyway, aren't they? What?
7: I don't know. I've never been on a date. How do you know? Mm-mm. I only. What I have is friends that. Uh, slowly start living with me. And then they're my boyfriends <laughs> for about three years. And then I find another friend.
0: Americans are yeah. mu- see much more into this whole, like, New York, like, so we went on a date. and then, And then they have, like, rotation, and there's five guys at once, but they're not sleeping with them. And Ugh. it's it just seems like a lot of stress. Whereas what British culture tends to be mm-hmm. is you just go to the pub or you go to dinner, and then after
7: a few weeks, you think, well... Should we just take this a stage further? Yeah. No, this is exactly affecting my life right now. I have a ex-boyfriend who, for a while, because we are long distance, he said, "Well, maybe we should just, you know, go on some dates for a while with other people." And I was like, "What? What do you mean?" Yeah, because how it, long had you been with him when he said that? No, nah, I'm not very long, but okay. he uh, he's American, and so it, I can't really fault it's his culture to do that. I yeah, guess. Yeah, they have that exclusivity thing. Don't mm-hmm. they? Yeah. And um, I just think they don't realize, you do have to be sensitive of someone else's culture, I guess, they don't realize that that will cause a lifetime of trauma for someone like me. There's no way that I would just be like, yeah, okay, well, we'll get back together after that and I won't want to know all the details of these women that I need to murder. Like I'm not, it's not okay (laughs) with me at all. Even it, and then it will be... Yeah,
0: Catherine, at least she told you. I think that's happened to me, but I found out afterwards.
7: Gross. <laughs> well, it'll only be a coffee or whatever, and, and really, people are having coffee all the time. Yeah. It shouldn't be a big deal. But when you say it to someone who doesn't have but that culture... But then I culture, don't get that, because if you're
0: happy with someone, yeah. then you, to me... I think you just tolerate the distance, and it's like... You can't say, oh, I want to audition some other people.
3: Uh, Yeah, Because that's what it is,
0: isn't it? An audition
7: process, essentially. That's what you do. But But, I know girls... uh, I have an American friend who lived in New York for a long time, and she met her husband there. She was just going on loads and loads of dates, and for some people, that's what works. And then for some people on a break, they go on loads of meaningless dates, and it really pushes them together, and they say, actually, that was a really big mistake. Let's get married.
16: Let's get the dogs out the... Uh... Yeah.
0: I should say, we're in the Kent countryside. Yeah, we're in Kent, yeah. This is quite spectacular. I mean, I don't know you've done so well for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you don't mind me saying. I've seen
16: your act. How, <laughs> I've seen your act. How would you get this place? <laughs> See, <laughs> what that's was a, he doing
0: there? That was baguette. That, that's how Baguette's gone running up onto yeah. the... Baguette! Or other. Baguette! Come on. Come back. We're walking up, it's a very leafy terrain. Is this all your land?
16: Yeah, and what you saying saying before about living here, I, I do sometimes just go out here, wander around, and just go, talking bollocks paid for this. Limited GCSEs. The only trouble with this is, you know how like it's always dog walkers who find bodies? You well, know? it is. Which would make—I mean, it'd be great for your podcast. Let's be honest; my life's brilliant. I've got the most charmed, like you know, perfect setup. You know, what I love right is the fact that the the very premise of this podcast is we're taking a dog for a walk, and the other dog has just <laughs> pissed off.
0: He's just the other dog's just
16: gone. Yeah, you know, there's He's some.
0: Like, I'm not having that. There's These... some
16: deer over there, and it's more interesting.
0: <laughs>
7: I just... That
16: was (laughs) That's uh, Every time somebody falls over I mark it with an orange arrow
0: Can I just say Are you sure that's not a trap?
16: (laughs) I've lured you both into the woods
0: I'm Emily Dean And I'm here with Alan Carr
13: So nice to have someone with me Walking the dogs so lovely, thank you. And look at you in your you high street shoes and your Costa Coffee, man. If people could see, it's like we're in the middle of a forest. Where are we? Are we the Amazon. Yes. But you know, you know, you straight people, you move to near schools, yeah. don't you, where there's a better know. You know, catchment you know area. Why? I
0: forgot to have children.
13: Oh, well, you don't move then. <laughs> they don't need to move. Let me explain what we got now. We've got three Irish setters. I was with gonna us.
0: say there's a load of them here.
13: Stanley. Bev, Joyce, Molly, who is a Rhodesian Ridgeback cross with a Staffy, who, can I say, is yeah. going to be a star herself. She's on Supervet. Is she? Yes, yeah, she's had a terrible time. She was um, chained up um, in Tower Hamlets and she Aww. got rehomed to our neighbour. And then her um, shoulder kept coming out and then she had to, uh, well, I don't want to be grim, but she had to be operated on. But she's going to be a celebrity. It's
0: a bit like Danny Dyer's trajectory, isn't it, really?
13: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You never got to meet my mum. My mum was properly the funniest person I've ever met. Like, not in terms of kind of gags, not kind of what I do. Like, I've written this joke and it's like a a magic spell and you will laugh when, when I say it. Uh, like she just organically had a, f- was just funny was in a way she? that, yeah, well I think I had a really interesting chat about mums the other day with Clang, Jim Carrey. Um, I'm such a big hitter. i just got back from this <laughs> comedy festival. But we had a chat about mothers. We were chatting about, because he said this beautiful thing on stage about how um, most comedians, you know, you, people talk about tears of a clown.
0: People, yes, they people, do. Oh, yeah. hang
1: on. Did she just do a poop? I think she oh, just did a poop.
0: I'm going to run in.
1: Poop. Who did a poop? I really um, hope that's Marnie's poo. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure it is. I mean, I'm not being, not being sort of specialist about this. It's definitely not mine. Yeah, but it's
0: quite big. It looks like it could be sort of Greg Davis's poo.
1: Greg Davies, <laughs> he's mainly an indoor man these days. <laughs> I'd say 90% of the time. Um, that might be it for Marnie. So we're chatting about mothers and saying yeah, so that, that K- cliché about, about comedians, like the tears of a clown, they're all depressed. Yeah. I don't think that's true, but I do think universally, you can ask any comedian you know, oh, did you have a sick parent? Did you have a, a mother or a father that needed cheering up, either depressed or physically right, sick? Right. That's almost
0: 100%. Really?
1: Of like, oh, they needed cheering up. They needed, you needed to make it all right.
0: And what's one, seems one was to be true the... in your case then? Your mum was ill,
1: yeah. Yeah. And a bit depressed or whatever, you know. Yeah. Laterally. But just, you know, but comedy had, like that, was the way of kind of making everything's all right. If we're laughing, then everything's OK. And
0: was that your role in the family, do you think? As the person, you were the funny one?
1: I'm not sure whether I really had much of a... A role, not a key, you know. I mean, no. one of the kids. <laughs> one of the kids. <laughs> Try and keep quiet, stay out of the way.
0: Because I heard you talking, I listened to your Desert Island discs and I absolutely loved it. Well, that's what this show needs some rest. Well, I know. I was going to say, I mean, I.
1: We're walking a dog.
0: Saw Jimmy Carr, uh, you've <laughs> chosen uh, Beyonce's uh, Crazy in Love. <laughs> I did. But no, I loved your. Death Cab for <laughs> uh, a cutie. You make good... us sound like Frankie Boyle. Yeah,
1: same, same. That's what I hear.
0: Bye. Bye, Lois. Um, I should say... Have we started? <laughs> uh, I'm at Gabby Logan's house. She's very kindly invited us up here in Buckinghamshire.
9: Gabby, go on, as we walk in, tell us who lives near here. It's so exciting. So Mary Berry lives in the village <gasps> and... Um, the only cook in the village. Well, you say that. I saw your she, cooking. Um, <laughs> She's been um, she been round for dinner. I've had her around for dinner at, uh, two weeks ago. I had to cook for Mary Berry. You didn't, yeah. What did Well, I went around to her house, and so of course I had to do the invite back. And um, she knew the people that lived here, three people before us. What was the food us. like that she cooked for you? You've got to say it's nice. Traditional, beautiful. So mm-hmm. not um, shepherd's pie. No, mm. Mm. guinea fowl in tarragon sauce, which I would say about, is about as traditional as you can get, is it not? She did do a recipe for her own book. Um, which was um, a salmon mousse. Um, do you know what the thing she's got that I'm most jealous of? What? Not her ability to make a French tart in the blink of an eye. She has, I don't know how i to say this, she has a walk-in fridge. She has a, a fridge that you can actually, you could actually sit down in. It's, it's bigger than an average larder. And she, I love her to Well, she I've said, seen your larder. Your larder <laughs> is basically the size of Berkshire. She said, she said, I said, that's amazing. She said, do you know what's brilliant about it? And she said this without any kind of sense of, uh, you know, the no grandeur or anything. She said, you know when you get four or five bouquets and you don't want to put them all out at once, you can just put three in
1: <laughs> the fridge and put two out. Look at the size of those dogs. <gasps> if one of those Hello. wants to eat you, you are, you are no more than a snack, Marnie.
0: Oh, my God, they're huge. Yeah. What are hey. they, Timmy?
1: What are they? I, d- I don't know. I don't know, whatever
0: again this isn't very interesting for you but they're, whatever they're big, whatever whatever boys. a cross
1: between a uh, <laughs> a dog and a horse they kind of look like,
0: that's essentially what they, they are. look a
1: slightly bovine hey dude what kind of dogs are those
12: <laughs>
1: an, an american bulldog and a french mastiff wow well, I, don't, I, I don't know who sold you them but they're the same you know that right <laughs> you know they're both the same
0: they're both rescues.
1: They're both Are rescues. They're rescues. Okay. Oh. Yeah, I got. I got. Mine's a rescue, but uh, from a burning building, like actually a rescue. Yeah. <laughs> actually, and it was pretty dangerous. I don't want to wow. make a big deal, but it was. I'm. I'm basically a hero. We better get away before one yeah. of your dogs.
0: Nice to meet you.
1: Okay, the take care they're beautiful, aren't
0: they? Oh, they're beautiful. lovely dogs. I bet they eat a lot, though.
1: <clears throat>
6: Mainly children. Of
0: <laughs> course. So, tell me about Tara. Um, so
6: tara we met at yeah we met at college
0: and did you really fancy her when you first saw her well you know i think yes so lancastrian doesn't like yeah. talking about it do you know what i would like to pretend i
6: remember the immediate most. we were friends for a while so it was it was yeah obviously i fancied her because i wouldn't have ended up i don't believe that anyone do, who ends up with somebody doesn't fancy them from the beginning yeah but it was more we shared a flat first put it that way as flatmates right there was three bedrooms the small bedroom the middle bedroom and the big bedroom this sounds like the start of a goldilocks story right
0: well goldilocks xxx (laughs) on the adult channel
6: so uh and there was me tara and a girl called becky Mm. and we drew we couldn't afford none of us could afford to pay more for the big room it was a much bigger room, so but none of us could afford to pay more for it. Oh,
0: I'm losing the romance. Right, so what we decided was <laughs> what we
6: decided was to draw straws about who had the rooms, right? Oh, Tara. Listen, there's a point of this. We drew straws for who had the rooms. Now, I drew the little room, Tara drew the middle room, Becky drew the big room. Becky's there for 24 hours and she has to go away for two weeks for whatever reason, holiday or something. Now me and Tara are in the
0: we, should we start heading back, by the way? Let it, cool. me
6: know if I'm boring you. And then Tara. And You don't get this on parking, here you? Mid-anecdote. Mid- Richard Burton in the middle of his anecdote. that's when, hey. Me and Elizabeth, right Should we get going back?
0: Yeah, go on. So, no, I'm just aware There's a point. There's a, point, go- there's a relevant to point this. to this. Yeah. So
6: I've got the little room. Tara's got the middle room. Becky's got the big room. Becky goes away. Meanwhile, me and Tara get together and are now a couple. Lovely. And.
0: You made your move one night. Yes.
6: And then she left me to tell Becky. That's quite a hard thing to tell someone, right? To well, tell. Well, she's someone. suddenly
0: living with a couple. Tell me about it. In fact, I'm telling you. And then.
6: <laughs> and then. <laughs> and, then <laughs> and then. Becky comes back and I have to tell her. Tara goes out. Very kind of her. Um, <laughs> and I, this is how I said it to her. I said, uh, look, you know that I'm in the little room and Tara's got the middle room and you've got the big room. She yeah. Went, yeah? I said, well, um. I'm in the middle room. She went, oh, Tara swapped with you. And I went, no, we're both in the middle room.
0: And she went, you're gonna share the middle
6: room. And then I did the sign, you know, with the finger and the fist.
0: Oh, you didn't. And she
6: went, oh, I get it. That's how we ended up together.
0: Decided, did you ever have therapy at all? Yeah, of course. Uh, I
3: say, of course.
0: <laughs> but it, it's... I ask everyone I do this with that. And I know oh, I'm, I, I'm turning into some weird on the psychiatrist's couch, but I'm just fascinated <laughs> by People that choose to have it and why, and because I have it and I'm quite passionate about it. Well,
3: I really wanted to come on, darling. I really wanted to be um, sort of, I wanted to kind of get fixed for want of a better word. Yeah, and I didn't fancy medication, and I was clearly at a very sort of low ebb. Um, and I really want, I thought because I like talking and I like talking things out, so I tried uh, counselling, and it took me a little while to find the right one. Sorry, his, yes, he's um, washing line in you, sorry, because. The first one wasn't a good fit and then the second one was better and it was part of the civil service that you get a certain amount of sessions for free oh, okay so i could have them in my at work yeah uh, and i was very open about it at work anyway and they all knew i was like crying in my tea a lot of the time anyway um and then isn't that terrible <laughs> when that happens and you just think if I can get through the day without crying oh, I, that don't kind of I don't see it like that at all don't you? I think crying is really good for you yeah and really healthy yeah and it took a few people to sort of point that out to me early days because I think I was a little bit like that like oh I haven't cried for two days yeah and I think that's I think if you need to cry you cry because then it's like a release valve isn't yeah, it and you feel yeah. much better after that yeah I think it's often the way I cope with things Is to have a bloody good cry yeah. And then I feel better and able to carry on With whatever it is, be it personal stuff or work stuff Or whatever um, But I always feel that it's I never punish myself like I never think, oh I cried today I always think, you know I always think it's I see, is it a positive thing yeah. As a way of getting stuff out I had a counsellor once who said That crying was talking without words I love that Isn't it great? Yeah. So you're sort of saying stuff that you can't actually verbalise. You're just seeing it in a different way. Well, sometimes Still, you're going. I'm just... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Maybe she just means she can't understand me
0: <laughs> when I'm crying. <laughs> you're talking in a weird Game of Thrones language.
3: <laughs> Every
4: Friday, I'd had I'd have a Friday's off uh, from like eleven, and I'd come back and just hang with Dad all day because really? he wasn't work like he did with having a bad patch at work.
0: When was that? Was that so? That was pre Gavin and Stacey and hang EastEnders. On, yeah, yeah, pre yeah. what I'm calling Larry Lamb 2.0.
5: Exactly. You go.
0: Which was the. Uh, The resurgence? Well, there was a a point where Dad hit
4: 50, for all actors, you know, at 50, well men anyway, I'm sure women, it happens much earlier, but you know, at 50, you kind of, everybody gets knocked down the pecking order a bit, you know, because the the parts aren't there for you. So, you know, if you were playing the leading role, now you're playing the dad, if you were playing the dad, you're now playing the uncle, you know, and down it goes. And then at the same time... The, the reality tv thing kicked off and so all the budgets for drama went out of drama and went into reality tv and so there was no work around you know and it, it, that for me actually was the kind of like the, the bit where i realized that dad was just a guy you know really yeah and he you know you know he i'm sure he won't mind me saying this you know he had he, had, he like most like a lot of men going through that whole thing you know like he had a bit of a breakdown and um and I remember like, I remember dad lying in bed, being like, you know, in tears, and me lying next to him, like, you know, holding this great big guy who was my hero and kind of, and he'd lost loads of weight and, and, and just kind of holding him and thinking like, well, shit, he's just a dude, like, he's just a bloke and he's doing his best and, you know, and.
0: But then that's amazing that I think your dad was able to be vulnerable with you. Absolutely. And you know what your dad was saying earlier, what Larry was saying earlier about that honesty with children. And being honest all the time whether it's i've met a new partner do you know what i mean whether yeah. i'm not going to be with your mum just tell them the truth because they'll yeah. cope with it yeah. so many people get them tied up in knots telling lies
5: yeah children basically will cope with everything as long as it's not dividing their loyalties if somebody's dead they'll deal with the reality they won't like it right yeah. but don't get them involved in a situation where they're they're, they're, they're defending mum and dad, right?
0: Well, you I mean. had that when your mum left, didn't you? Yeah. Because your dad slightly Ooh. turned you Ooh. against your mum. Yeah. Ooh. Or tried
5: Ooh. to, anyway, yeah. Um, and so, what you know, what came out of his mum and I living apart was a situation where the implicit in the arrangement was, no slagging off.
0: I like that, Larry's made it so he's done. Yeah, <laughs> no slagging no off. Slagging
4: off. <laughs> Which must have been quite difficult for
5: my mum.
0: Is <laughs> what they said in the therapist's office? No here's the rules. Yeah. yeah no my God, my rules, enough.
5: no slagging off. No slagging off. We had a big row, it was always on the phone. He never You he and was, George's yeah, mum. Yep. He would ne- he was never exposed to rucks at all. So he was he wasn't around. Um,
0: Larry's picking up a face, George. Come on, me and you and Ray. So yeah, I. Yeah, you can't walk <laughs> too because the dog
5: no. really isn't having it. <laughs> so that that really is what happened. We just we just didn't we, we had our fights. And there were a lot of them but we did them out of the way of him and we never ever started each running the other one down you know i was always daddy if daddy was on the phone daddy's on the phone not that bastard father of yours on the phone none of that was going on yeah and and the same thing with me vis-a-vis her
0: your life seems so kind of perfect. Well, it's not, well, it? it does. So what isn't perfect? Like when you were growing up, I can't see. Yeah. Did you have anything bad happen to you?
14: Um, I was, yeah, I kind of lost. I was thrown through a window at school when I was 15. Really Russell? Yeah, yeah. And I, what, um, how, how did that happen? Well, it was all very, uh, there was basically I played. It's all to do with football. It always mm. comes down to football. But I played for a team and I was quite good. Mm. So I left that team and I went to a, another team, and then I was hanging out with. Basically, there was there was aggro between my new team and this team that I joined. So I was the only person that went to my school that played for this other team. Right. Yeah, and it was all a bit weird, and you know, got slung through a window and when lost you said all it was my friends. A bit
0: weird. What someone pushed you through a window?
14: Yeah, a kid in the year above. Sort of like to be honest. Thank God he did. Otherwise, I'd had the shit really kicked out of me. So as it is, I took. A bit of a beating and then luckily i was put through a window oh. which didn't actually hurt that much but it caused like enough shock for him to kind of run off otherwise i think you'd have really beaten the fuck out of me but that must but, have
0: been quite traumatic yeah
14: <laughs> yeah it was pretty weird the, the interesting thing is because uh, up to that point i was just you know really good at football and you know just bouncing around you know normal kind of pretty intelligent kid not super smart not super thick Knocking along, and then that happened, and I kind of lost all my friends. But it meant why
0: did you lose all your friends because of this argument? Yeah, obviously.
14: and so it meant that I hung out with um, the freaks and geeks, and it was brilliant. Right, so it turned the plastics had rejected you. Yeah, completely, yeah. and it was really great actually. And it and it sort of often looking back on it, you know, when people say like of oh, mouthy kids, you like what he needs, he needs a really good idea, and it'll sort him out. And it turns out. Sometimes it does help.
0: And you came from a footballing family, didn't you? And did you was that hard sort of when you suddenly realised you were gay, was that quite difficult to tell people?
13: Well no, people say, oh what do you like coming out? I said I was never in. I mean I was never in. I mean everyone knew I was gay. Before I did, people were saying gay before I even knew what it was. So, even I mean, your parents? I mean they must have known. I mean, listen, there was never a moment where everyone sit down, I've got something to say, and this might yeah. come as a shock. Yeah. You know, when you're coming out and people are mouthing, I'm gay, as you're saying it, you realise that maybe you have been a bit too camped. you know what I mean?
0: And so it didn't ever feel like a problem for you in your particular family setup. up uh, well, well, it, you know, it wasn't... It was,
13: I'm not going to say my mum and dad were like, "Woohoo! yeah, <laughs> our son is gay, yeah, let's get some bunting out. I mean, I'd be lying if I said they were over the moon. But no, I mean they're very accepting. As my dad's got older, he's got mellower now. Yeah, I think I think you know he was pushing me to football. And I mistook that for him forcing <laughs> me to be football. But his football, the camaraderie, the friendships, the performance because I think it is getting out there, kicking the ball out. I think totally. he wanted I think he wanted me to do that. But I think he realizes now I have that with comedy. Totally, I yeah. have the friends. Yeah, I have the adrenaline rush of going on telly or whether it's live or something like that. So, it's, yeah, I mean, I get that. And I see awesome. now, it wasn't him trying to force me or crush my spirit or my, uh, my personality. He just wanted me to be happy. And I think, because he, he was so happy in football and he's still happy in football.
0: Because he, he was a player and a manager and, and he's now, now a scout, And now he? he's a
13: scout at Newcastle. I mean... And how the, old is he? 71. So, from 16 years to 71, he has been involved in football on every level. It's his life. And I think at the beginning, he didn't realise... I don't think I don't he really realised that there was anything else. But now he's so proud. I mean, well, he? on my me Spexy Beast tour, I mean, he came to Birmingham NEC, you know, and a whole arena just there waiting for me to come on. And I think it, he was like, oh, Alan, oh, Alan. You know, I think he realised, oh, I see. This yeah. is it. I get it. And in a way, without sounding like a complete wanker, that <laughs> arena is my pitch, my playing field. It's my... This yeah. is me me coming through those doors. Hello, Birmingham! You know, is yeah. uh, is the the tunnel and the uh, coming up the tunnel and out onto the pitch.
0: You see, if this was the movie of your life, that would be the big scene, wouldn't it? Yes. Where he'd say, "Okay, I get it, son." Yes, that's it. <laughs> and then I would have
13: tears in the eyes. And I'd come out, and then it would end me going, "Hello, Birmingham!" <laughs> and then the credits would come down. Oh,
0: I love that the movie of your life ends with "Hello, Birmingham." <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I've got a question for you. Yeah. Do you have therapy?
13: Do I? No, I don't. You he see, does I. It sometimes. He says I need therapy. <laughs> Would you ever have it, Alan? No, I'm very. I find it nosy. Because he, he went to a therapist, said, "Don't tell him anything about me." And of course, you got you got to mention me. But, but I get me like, why yeah. does he want to know? What's he? I'm very suspicious. You find therapy. it nosy?
0: Well, but yeah. they sign confidentiality. Yeah. Why do they want to you
13: know about me? Oh, read me book. <laughs> Available in all good Yeah, available in all good bookshops. I can imagine what the therapist would have to say about that. But the thing is, for me, I'm a bit of a fantasist because I, I make up shit. So I would. Don't nod your head, Paul. Your life's pretty stuff. good. Both it of your lives good. are pretty good. Yeah, we've got nothing to complain about. Very lucky. So do you
0: think. Mwah. Oh, that was nice. That
13: was so nice. <laughs> I'm only doing it because it's on the radio. <laughs>
0: No, I'm getting very good energy between you two. We have
13: got a great energy.
0: Do you think that's what it's about?
13: It's just And about it's lovely. We started out yeah. having a row and then spending quality time with you, I found my love for Paul again. And I was going to dump him. It? I was going to kill him and bury him in these woods.
7: <laughs> was it? Was it?
13: <laughs> yeah, there were things, you know,
11: little challenges here and there. I, I lost yeah. my hair when I was six. Yeah. And so that just kind of, uh, that gave people a focus on me that I probably wouldn't have had. You think so? Yeah. And there's just you know other things, but but um, everyone's got their things to deal with, haven't they?
0: But I thought I, I remember when I was reading it and you were talking about how I hadn't even thought of that, Matt. That actually back then losing your hair, there weren't you say there weren't bald role models. You couldn't go and get wigs easily, you know. There weren't many. Oh Some we children. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hello. Silly dog, that's it's not, not very nice. He's a silly nice. dog. He's a lovely dog.
11: I'm mortally offended. <laughs> a child called my dog a silly dog.
0: Come on silly I'll dog. go this way. Come, Come on silly dog. On, silly dog. <laughs> but yeah, you told this story about having to, you know, you go to a wig and where do you go? There's like one shop or something, isn't there? Yeah,
11: I got a wig on the National Health Service. In fact, I got two, I got a spare one. Yeah. And they didn't make wigs for children then, I don't even know if they do now. So I was given this kind of ladies bouffant wig, and it was sort of about three times larger than my head and i wore it more like a hat than a wig and of course i had no eyebrows so it just yeah. looked so incongruous and i wore it for some of i think in my last term or two at primary school you know because the idea was that i would wear the wig at secondary school that was the the plan but uh, i wore it at primary school and, I, and it was just too hot too itchy and i just thought what happens if I go to secondary school and then one day, three years in, it just falls off or blows off. Then everyone will know and I'll look ridiculous. So
0: uh,
11: I think I'd better just be me.
0: And actually, I find that interesting that you were saying that, you know, you were sort of always used to having attention on you in some way, weren't you?
11: Yeah, I had it whether I liked it or not. Once, Once my hair fell out because... You y- could, could, never, could never hide in the crowd, really, after that. Yeah.
0: But then I suppose you turn that into a positive thing,
11: you know? Well, it's sink or swim, isn't it? I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, what are you going to do with that attention? Yeah. Was the question I had to ask myself from a young age, you know. But, the, the, you know, if, if you look at it, it was a cosmetic thing. But kids used to tell me that I had leukemia. And I thought maybe I do. And no one's told me. So sometimes I wondered if it was a. If it was the beginning of the end which is it's quite it was quite a strange childhood the other thing was that was quite weird was that everywhere i went kids would just say you've got no hair you've got no hair really? younger kids older kids you got no hair yeah. and it was a source of great amusement for people and fascination and some people just thought it looked awful and yeah. some people said oh it's so cute but it was very objectified i think
0: yeah yeah i young can age. see that yeah and did you it sounds like with your parents though I think I met your mum years ago. I can't remember, but they, it seems like your childhood seems like what I would describe coming from North London myself as your classic sort of North London middle-class childhood. Northwest London yeah. middle-class
11: Jewish childhood. Yeah, it was until uh, until that happened. And that just was. It was just slightly strange. And then also the other thing that happened: my parents split up, and I yeah. write about this in the book. But my dad yeah. went to prison, and yeah. that was just a strange thing to have to deal with because I, it wasn't like I lived on a street where one in five yes. people knew someone or their parents or brother or someone had gone to prison you know I didn't live in that kind of part of town so there was no
0: template for that yeah
11: no I didn't really have a frame of reference for it other than the TV show Porridge so uh, I probably thought it was more fun than it was the first time I
12: went first class was one of the most memorable experiences of my life. Yes, because I was going first class, but also I remember this so vividly. It's like a film that I can play in my mind.
0: And where were you going? Were you going I was going to,
12: to uh, LA and then San Diego for the first Comic Con I did.
0: First Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. for t- 2013. So thank you very much.
12: It's were pain. yeah, thank you very much. Draining every last drop out of it, yeah. Manchester style. I was on my own in, in the first-class compartment, and I said, I, it looks like I've got first-class all to myself. What could be better than that? Well, I'll tell you what could be better than that. What actually happened next? <laughs> I was sat there reading or something. Uh, a figure passed me walking down the aisle. He turned, this man, to put something in the overhead locker, and it was, and it was literally a cinematic tilt-up. I started at his feet tattooed arms came into the equation (laughs) and he was wearing he was wearing quite a fitted white t-shirt so I could see that he was you know that thing where you can tell somebody is somebody before you know they are yeah like I could tell that this man was somebody so I went up his body a bit of tattoo poking out the neck of his t-shirt yeah Bang up to the face, lock onto the face, and it was David Beckham. Oh, wow. I couldn't, I just couldn't believe it. (laughs) And how
0: long's the flight?
12: It's about 11 hours.
0: Right, so it's just him?
12: The entire family were there. (gasps) He was there, and Victoria was there, and all the kids were there.
0: <gasps> you got all of them.
12: Yeah, and yeah, all of them, all of them, all in one place.
0: So what I like is that you've gone into such forensic detail of what David Beckham was wearing. Oh, even be a white t-shirt when Victoria Beckham was sitting there. Oh yeah, I know.
12: <laughs> I know. I, I, to be fair, I only noticed her later mm. because because I just couldn't take my eyes off him.
0: Because you're a Man United. A fan, huge
12: right? Man United fan, and also and- a, Man, a Man United <laughs> fan when he was at the very peak of his powers as well kind of late 90s and and early 2000s and so I just thought I felt like I really did feel like a kind of man on the inside turns out I I was the only person in the in the cabin that wasn't part of that group
0: right
12: so I thought oh god what (laughs) happens now and and I was reading an NME special about the stone roses I remember I was reading that and I know that David's a fan of the stone roses so I was kind of reading it at a strange angle, kind of opening it <laughs> opening it in his direction so he could see what I was reading, hoping he'd say, can I bother your magazine? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Also praying deep down that, yeah. he wa- that he watched Game of Thrones, but, you know. I think he does now. I'm not sure he did then.
0: <gasps> oh, I hope he does. Maybe yeah. do you'll hear this.
12: So anyway, he, so, so they all settled down. And I was just thinking, if you told me when I was 10 years old that I would be...
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Two, two
12: feet away from my hero, oh, you know, in, in however many years' time. I just wouldn't have been able to believe it. Yeah. And when you experience people who have, who have huge public profiles, when you have the privilege of experiencing them de- kind of domesticated, if you know what I mean.
0: Okay, yeah. You
12: see them in a very, you're in a very, very privileged position where you actually don't see them how the world sees them. Because really? he's not going to put on a show for me for one person, he's in his family. I'm, I'm kind of an interloper into yeah. that family. And, you, and, and you, you just get slightly more of a, a measure of them. Yeah. And I, I have to say, I was so bowled over by him as a dad. Why,
0: what was he like? There was a girl. Oh, Harper, Harper. a little girl, yeah. It was
12: probably about
0: yeah, she's three She's girl, then. yeah, okay.
12: She was being a little bit um, restless. Okay. You know I mean. just, just, a little bit restless. Well, just, I'd
0: be restless if I was there with David Beckham. I was the
12: one getting restless. <laughs> and there was a moment where he was, tr- he was trying to pacify her, and he had her, on, he had her on his knee, hmm. and he was saying, "Now be good. No no no, you, you're really going to have to be good. Now, you're going to have to be good. We're going to take off in a minute." And it wasn't really working. Mm. And then I heard him say, "No, you're going to have to be good. Otherwise, the man will come and tell you to get off." <laughs> I, I felt like saying, "No, David." You're the man. (laughs) How can David Beck, when are you not the man? And and what I liked about that was that's exactly the same tactic that my dad used on me. This mythical figure of the man who's gonna come storming down the plane and and bust a few heads. No matter how global he is, Mm. he doesn't have as much respect in that family as some mythical man who works for British (laughs) Airways.
8: There we go, we're in. Someone's there, Angus is there. The youngest
0: Hey Angus hey, How We yeah? met before, I'm Emily Emily. How are you? Life. Nice to see you Nice to see you too Oh we're really wet, we've just oh, been yeah. taking
8: a dog Do for a, a walk Interviewee dog walky thing You good? I'm very wet,
6: yeah
8: Um, soggy <laughs> Shall we go down?
0: Shall I take my shoes off? Nah They're really dirty Gary Yeah, it's only wood I think Angus, he, he prefers Give Angus Give him a treat Goose <laughs> Left, 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 left Cupboard, low You got it you must have some really good memories of those people, though, that you played with back then. Mm. And did you think? Were you aware that you were part of something special, and that?
8: Well, you're not aware at the time until it, until you kind of go through it. I, I knew from my experience of '86 in Mexico, where you're actually in an environment. It's like you, you're like cocooned. You're in a hotel, there's a security all around. You don't really see any. You see a few journalists. You do your training. You get on a bus. You go and play a game. You, You've got kind of no outside contact in the world. You've got to remember, back in the mid '80s, we're in the mid, we're in Mexico. Uh, you know, players nowadays they complain, don't they, about being bored and um, when they're on World Cups and stuff like that. And you think bored really? You've got you know you've got your phones now, the computers, you've got PlayStation, Xboxes, whatever you call them, all these kind of things to keep you occupied. We hadn't, we hadn't nothing like that. We just had our, basically ourselves and. I remember we could only make one phone call home a week from Mexico, and that had to be from the main reception because there was no kind of decent It's like you committed phone a
0: crime. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you <laughs> Who know did when, you they, call your
8: when lawyer? they when they moan. <laughs> Funny enough, the only call I got was from my agent. I got Barcelona kind of having a bit of interest before the World Cup, and then spoke to my agent before I left, and he said, "You know, what do you want to do?" If it's, I said, "Listen, while well, I'm with England, I said I don't want any distractions. I said just don't oh, tell contact." tell me about me. it. I know the feeling. He said, and then after a we heard nothing. It was obviously very quiet for the first two games and I'd, I I'd kind of haven't scored a goal. And then I scored a hat-trick against Poland. And then I got two against Paraguay. And then I've, my agent called me. <laughs> He's got a phone call at reception. Ooh, this is exciting. So I go down and picked him and he says, listen, I, I, I know we'd agreed before, he said, but I feel I've got to say something because they're telling me, Barcelona are telling me, if he doesn't agree to sign now, the deal's off. And I said to him, well, do that now playing for England in the middle of the World Cup I said tell them to forget it I said if they're interested now they'll still be interested at the end of the World Cup and um, and they were
0: <laughs> I think the fact that you've been with your wife for a long time is probably quite significant though to me I remember when I when I sort of knew you in the 90s and I really don't know why I vividly remember this but I really wanted to tell you because I've never forgotten it we were all sort of saying, hanging out drinking and you said I've got to go mm. and we said oh no come and have another drink you said no I've got to I'm going to meet this girl and it was oh, Sarah yeah. your wife and I remembered your words and you said I can't flake on her I can't flake on her I'm worried I don't want her to think that I'm flaky because it's really important to me that she doesn't think that
10: oh yeah well she's in a different league to me in every conceivable way She's she's sort of of all much taller than I am <laughs> and uh, considerably more intelligent so yeah I, I remember that very well Do and you? I, I met her over in uh, some pub way in West London yeah it was a busy Friday night it was quite a warm night I remember and she looked Uh, she had a big coat with a big furry collar and to me she looked like Sean Young in Blade (laughs) Runner. you know what I mean just brilliant yeah
0: and Um, she has all this kind of like really wild yeah crazy hair Andy McDowell hair right
10: and uh, I thought she was absolutely terrific and yes very sensible she's a lawyer so in almost every conceivable way the opposite from myself so I guess that tells you something about me but I don't know what
0: Louis Theroux trying to sing, which is, to yeah. many people, one of the greatest moments ever on the podcast. Yeah, that's... Which is Louis Theroux trying to sing Yes Sir, I Can Boogie, and sort of thinking he's got a brilliant voice, but it's actually not that great. Although
10: a few musicians have since <laughs> told me, actually, he's got, the, the pitch is right. The falsetto. Because I was teasing him and saying, mate, you're way off key. <laughs> and he's going,
0: Yes Sir, I can boogie, but I need a Satan song, I can boogie
2: but the other snow story this is a sweet yeah, story. You know on. i mentioned earlier on betty's first dog captain jack
0: oh yeah he was an
2: adorable shih tzu he As was
0: you know, lovely well that was partly what inspired me to get well shih tzu. temperamentally
2: you couldn't have a sweeter dog yeah and, and just very pleasant company just yeah. a, a joy to be with and when he he got ill he had um he had a, a lump grew up around his neck some yeah. sort of cancerous but fairly benign cancer but once they get he his breathing we had it removed and then it started growing back But then he started being in pain about something, and we had him diagnosed, he had a a thing called a nerve sheath tumour. So it's a tumour growing around the nerve ends, up the top of the shoulder. And they said, look, we can manage the pain, but he might not have long. He might only have a week, he might only have a month, maximum, we think three months. And I said, well, we'd like him home with us, if he's not in pain and he's got some quality of life, let's keep him alive. So we took him home, fast forward, almost a year later, he's still doing fine. Okay, I mean, we have to give him pills every day, twice a day, but he's doing fine, he and then, I think it was February, it's very late in the year, I woke up, and I went and gave him his food, he wasn't, wouldn't touch his food. And he started complaining, he was growling, didn't want his meds, didn't want his food, and I thought, OK, this, I think we've probably come to the end. So I called the vet to make a visit, mm. and I'm stroking him, I could see he was very out of sorts, and it, and it obviously was getting worse, he was yowling, yeah. and <clears throat> refusing everything, didn't even want to drink, and I thought, this is not good. And bear in mind, he's already had nine months more than we said, the best chance we would have with him. And then, interesting, he was a dog who'd always loved the snow. When it snowed, he'd always loved the snow. He would go out and be in the garden for hours in the snow. He'd love walking in the snow. While I'm waiting for the vet, it started snowing in the garden. And the snow, it was cold, and the snow started settling. And I took him out in the garden, and you could see it cheered, oh. it cheered him up. On like, oh and, I'm actually
0: going to cry. And, and, but it was such story. a beautiful
2: thing. And yeah. even though I'm not prone to that kind of nonsense of thinking about, things meaning anything, when they are just, you know, it's just geography and, and,
0: oh no, I think that's really lovely, pleasure.
2: but he went out and he just had the loveliest time in the garden, and you could see it light in his head. and then we got back inside, and he was miserable again, and the vet came out and said, no, probably, they never tell you, you should do it, they say,
0: yeah,
2: I think you should consider it, and, uh, so we did, we put him to sleep that morning, and he was oh. on my lap, being stroked, where he went to sleep,
0: that's the, that's the, is the sad thing about dogs, is that, that, you know, you have had to endure multiple deaths. But it's sad and it isn't sad. I mean that's the
2: sad thing about life, isn't it? And and is it sad it's just the nature of life? It's I know
0: it is, but it's the fact that it happens with quite a lot of regularity and you yeah, only get a small period, you get what, what are 12 you 15. you're yourself when you buy
2: one? you think it's going to last for 50,
0: it's like <laughs> Well, no, but I might. Yeah, I'll get 12 years. Up, I up. know I'm it's I'm going I
2: almost put him in the bin last time I saw him. <laughs> <laughs> seriously.
0: That was because he went to the bathroom in I your, your in your office. I thought cat would cough something up.
2: I was going to
4: flush it away.
0: <laughs> so George, your dad had therapies. Have you had therapies? Lots. Have you?
4: Yeah, lots, lots.
0: What do you think
4: of it i think it should be mandatory for, for kids growing up i think Do it's you? absolute absolutely crazy that you know we, they teach us all of this stuff in school much of most of which is you know like well not most a lot of which is very important but they teach you absolutely nothing about how your mind works and how your how your spirit works and and I, and I think that's really sad because you, know, we, we then, you, know, you fill these kids up with loads of knowledge that's supposedly yeah. the, in, the important stuff and you push them out into the world. And then of course, you know, the world's a big, bad, tough place and there's, it's full of complexities and it becomes tough and then you don't actually have the toolkit there to deal with it. You know? And I think it's really sad that there's this huge stigma around it. And I think it's really sad it's really expensive as well.
3: There's the good thing with social media, media way that way. Go that way, is easier that that easy and which can mean that people can send you horrible messages really quickly but how do you deal
0: with that if you ever do get horrible ones I
3: don't get as mean as some people do I, I get some stuff about my appearance quite a lot whenever I've done a tele program there'll always be somebody who calls me fat or ugly or whatever and the hard thing with that is that they sort of tapping into stuff that I already think about myself because I have quite low self-esteem and sort of body image stuff anyway which is well pretty well documented in my sort of tour shows yeah. so that's the hard bit about that. I find it really
0: interesting that whenever I'm criticised, it's about my appearance.
3: Well, I think it's because it, it's, it, people have a different sort of a misconception as to what women are for. Yeah, yeah
0: you're and right. And I
3: think people think, people yes, are sometimes disappointed that I don't, they don't want to <laughs> me. And I think, well, you wasn't, it sort of wasn't on the table, if I'm honest, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. ever. And it's like, if I can't just be funny, that's not enough. And if people tell me that I, that I don't make them laugh, while well, I think it's odd that they've chosen to tell me, because lots of people don't make me laugh, I don't send them yeah. a message, hey, I still yeah, don't not. mind <laughs> that because I think... Because it's, it's when people say you're not funny and I, I sometimes reply to those and go, no, no, like, like it's literally my job. Like, yeah. I pay my bills this way, so no, you're wrong. I mean, <laughs> what you mean is I'm not funny to you. And I remember Chris Addison, you know, lovely Chris Addison. Yeah. He once said on, on Facebook, um, people are too scared to say something's not their cup of tea. So it's almost like that's not ex- extreme enough. Yeah. People have to either love you or hate you. They can't just go, mm, not for me, because it's not attacking enough. Because yeah. it's quite an alpha job, what I do. I think sometimes people feel a bit like they need to show me that they can do it too yeah. so like that's when people shout out and try and be funny it doesn't happen that often my audiences are generally very supportive but sometimes somebody will shout out and you think oh, yeah, oh yeah, you're giving it a go bless you yeah, <laughs> so, you know yeah, what? Yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. it's going to take you a good 10 years to get where I am but you know because yeah. yeah. that's how long yeah. it's taken me but absolutely if you want to keep trying there's a guy shouted out a new material gig and he was just he wasn't being mean he was just trying to be funny and I always tick and cross my new material like I tick yeah. them if they laugh and I cross them if they don't and um, he tried a joke at me and nobody laughed because it was, you know, because it's not his job. Yeah. Like, it's, I'm sure if I went up and, you know, I don't whatever he does, filled the tooth if he's a dentist, you know, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be any good at it either. And, um, and I just sort of commented that his new material gig wasn't going as well as mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite aggressive. Did you get you a big laugh. To be. Sure. Yeah. yeah, you have to be because it's, it's that no back down, no sorries, no apologies. You know, you have to be relatively hard skinned because you are going out. It's when you think about it in a kind of, sort of base level, I am saying to people, oh, you must buy a ticket because I'm so funny. (laughs) You have to pay to hear me talk, which is really weird. I'm not making them a table, (laughs) you know what I mean? I'm not like performing an operation. I am just saying, you know, that thing that you do in the pub with your friends, I can do that in a theater. (laughs) It's just such an
0: odd job. I wanted to ask you about your brother because you sent me a really lovely message when you read something I'd written about my sister dying. That was an amazing piece. Well, it was interesting because you sent me a really touching message. It really made me well up, actually. Um, sorry to get so tearful so early on in the <laughs> podcast, everyone. Not what you were expecting. No, but you sent me a lovely message about saying... You just said, I know what it's like to lose a sibling. And I, I kind of... I understand, and it's sort of a hard thing to explain to people, isn't it? Really, unless you've experienced it. Yeah. Your brother died. When How I old were you? I
9: was nineteen, just nineteen, and he was fifteen, just about to go in, to be sixteen. Yeah. And um, and I think the thing about losing a sibling, you're you only you together have lived all that life, you know. And so, with my sister as well, my brother was a lot younger than us. My brother Jordan, so he was six at the time. And so the four of us, you know, had. Well the older three certainly have moved around all those journeys I was talking to you about, moving cities, moving countries, you know, all those trips, all those holidays, all those things. That's the three of us together on those journeys. And then, you know, suddenly, first of all, your history changes a bit, doesn't it? But also the dynamic in the family is just well, you know, it it completely changes. And my mum used to say it was like a sledgehammer coming down and just kind of smashing everything smithereens and then seeing how, over time, it comes back together. And, and relationships can't ever really be the same. They, that doesn't mean they won't have any value or no. be lovely, but they can't ever really be truly the same as they were before because everybody is different, everybody's changed. And,
0: you know, someone once said to me, I remember a lot of people, you know, you read things, don't you, when you go through it and you're looking for something that will make sense of it. Yeah. And I can remember reading someone had said about bereavement. And specifically the loss of a younger family member. You know, in my case, my sister was in her 40s, whereas your brother was obviously a teenager. But it's still that sense of going before your time. Yeah. And I read someone saying, you'll walk again, but it will be with a limp when you experience something like that. And I think you then have this family setup where everyone's got a slight limp. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's sort of trying to sort of get through it. But it's... Life, as you say, it's never the same again.
11: It was actually after I'd been doing school plays and stuff. It was actually, there was a moment, at a sleepover when I was about 15 or 16, where I just sat on a chair in the middle of the night. Everyone was in their sleeping bags. And the kind of, you know, there was about 20 school friends and they said, oh, Matt, you know, you're funny, make us laugh. And then I just did about an hour. Really? Yeah, about the school and about stuff like that. And everyone was in tears, crying with yeah. laughter. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. Because I didn't even know that anybody was going to ask me to be funny. Also
0: doing impressions of people, yeah, teachers and and teachers
11: anything? and pupils. And, yeah. and even then, funnily enough, doing impressions that were clearly not even, even accurate impressions. And that's some of the, you know, if you look at like Dennis Waterman in, in Little Britain that yeah. we did. Or yeah. stuff we did in Rock Profile where we go out of our way to do... Impressions that are inaccurate, yeah, and yet somehow get Sorry, away. Sorry, Matt.
0: Them. Milo's seen a squirrel, and it's all kicking off.
11: He he won't get that squirrel. <laughs> Even if you took the lead off, that squirrel will.
0: Really? Does he? Yeah. Do, what's going on here? Because so he squirrels did... can
11: go up trees, and oh, my dog fast, can't. Oh, fast. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He likes him though. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so you realised that you were kind of you had funny bones. Well, well I learned, I, learnt, I discovered it, I discovered yeah. it as
11: well as uh, where everybody else seemed to discover it in, in that moment, that night. Yeah. And it was, uh, look at my dogs. They love those <laughs> squirrels. I'm going to let my... my dogs off the lead. They're not going to get the squirrels. Shall,
0: we let, shall I let yeah. Milo off the lead? Yeah, yeah, let
11: him off. Come they won't on. get the squirrels, go don't the worry. Lead.
0: This is so exciting. i not a psychopath.
11: There's no chance of them getting
0: squirrels. <laughs> look, now that he's been let off the lead, That's he's it. got no interest. It's all provado. Now. This is men all over, I tell you. Yeah.
11: You won't get a squirrel, Milo.
0: You talked really openly in the book. And again, if you're not happy to talk about this. No, today, go for it. I know you talked about your relationship with Paul. And I found that really touching about when... You guys met, and then mm. also, what I really respected is that you were really honest about the kind of struggles that you had. Yes, you were really open about Paul's kind of issues with alcohol mm. and how you'd both dealt with that as a couple.
13: The the, the one grit in the in, my, in the eye about fame for me, the superficialness of it, um, I find uncomfortable a bit, and it's not it's not what it seems, is it? It's a hall of mirrors. It's you know, it's a lot of who are you, what, you know, the A-list, B-list, C-list. And, you know, so I went on the internet because i have all about to do research. I mean, like, oh, just stuff about you that's made my skin crawl. And I had to real resist. I didn't want it to be because, you know, I've read biographies as well. I hate that when a comedian starts going, oh, and then comedians today aren't funny. And, you know, naturally I had the last laugh and all that, you know, and I didn't want to be like that. Mm. No, but I mean, writing about fame is like... It's like, it's like nailing a boulevard to the wall. It's like, what is it? What am I? It's just, I just found... Yeah, I found it harder to write about. Can I just say, we are actually lost. are we? Oh, Not yeah. only lost, we're trespassing. Paul, <laughs> this rings a bell. What stage do we get? Do we eat each other? <laughs>
0: We're coming to the end of our walk
13: now, Alan. I've had such a nice time. Have you enjoyed it? Have you enjoyed the walk? It was the second time I've been here. Like I said, i treated the dogs. And they've loved it, haven't they? And you have as well.
0: I've had... Oh, you've decided for me. Yeah, I can see you grinning like a it. Cheshire cat. <laughs> I think what this demonstrates is the healing power of three things podcast which is no <laughs> <laughs> the healing power of dogs yeah and a good walk yeah. nature and having a bit of a laugh
13: laugh and nature yes.
0: Yes. yeah the call of nature i just
13: want to take my clothes off and run into that <laughs> wood now
0: <laughs> thank you so much for listening we'll be back soon with more walking the dog in 2018 which is omg the actual year of the dog i'm so excited i could sniff a lamppost